Bernie Schoenberg, although in print it became Bernard. I'm a 1976 graduate with a journalism degree and I am now retired. I worked uh, 10 years for the Bloomington Pantograph, three and a half for Associated Press in Chicago and 30 for the State Journal Register in Springfield. Of that 30, I was the political writer and columnist for the last 28 years and I retired uh, December 1st of 2020. For our 150th anniversary here at the Illini Media Company, we're sitting down with 20 talented and successful alumni to talk about their experience at the University of Illinois, the Daily Illini, WPGU, and the Ilio Yearbook. On April 9th, we inducted all 20 into the 2022 class of our Illini Media Hall of Fame. Bernard Schoenberg's career began at the Daily Illini investigating a fraternity that was scalping concert tickets. He went on to work at the Bloomington Pantograph in 1977, then to the Associated Press in Chicago, and eventually to the Springfield Journal Register in 1990. He was also a regular host of Capital View, a weekly political affairs program on public television. His tenacity and work ethic made him a powerful force in political journalism in Illinois. Always fair, never shy, he held governors, representatives, senators, and institutions accountable. Schoenberg was part of the team that won a prestigious George Polk Award in 1994 for its cash transaction series about campaign contributions and government contracts. He also received numerous awards for his work as a columnist. Today, WPGU political editor Jane Knight speaks with Daily Illini alumnus and 2022 Illini Media Hall of Fame inductee Bernard Schoenberg. So what really inspired you to go into journalism? It was in the middle of college. Uh, I had to declare a major because I had some advanced credits. When I, when I got there, I was in liberal arts and sciences general. When I got to campus, I did not know what I wanted to do. I thought maybe sciences, et cetera, but I wasn't going to be a doctor because I was a little squeamish. I needed to declare a major. I looked around for something. I wanted to deal with people more, I thought, and I saw a major that I didn't really understand what it was, but it sounded good, which was public relations. That got me into the College of Communications. That got me into a course, which was my second semester of my second year there, news writing for non-majors. I found it rather fascinating, to the idea that you listen to a press conference or go out and interview somebody, write a story quickly, and then maybe it'll be in the newspaper the next day. I asked my teacher if he thought I could make it on the Daily Alina. He thought I could. So my third year in school, and I came back, new student week, asked to do a story, got assigned a story at the Daily Illini by walking into the office and at that time in the basement of Illini Hall. It was about students changing majors because of a difficult economy. So I talked to the Dean of Engineering and the story turned out okay. There was a nice picture of people signing up for courses when people used to have to stand in long lines at the armory to do so. I was fascinated. They ended up giving me a meeting a week to cover. So I was not like a regular staffer, but it was the Assembly Hall Advisory Committee, the Assembly Hall, the former name, of course, of State Farm Center. Fell into a good story during that first year. And uh, with the help of Pat Wingard, who is another <laughs> member of the Hall of Fame this year, we co-wrote a story on a fraternity that had bought a block of tickets to a concert, was scalping them at a time when it was illegal to sell tickets above the printed price. And we won the investigative award for the year. And I was kind of hooked. So I fell into journalism and then 
in addition to the soccer club at U of I, which I put a lot of energy in spring and fall four years, the Daily Atlanta became my other home and a great bunch of people. And I was enthused and continued to be enthused and, and stayed in the business for a long time after that. That's amazing. I feel like a lot of people when they go to the basement for the first time, I know the location has changed, but just being in a newsroom for the first time, I feel like is pretty like you get into a trance a little bit. It's it's a lot of fun being there. And yeah, I, I can totally understand why you fell so in love with it. So you kind of touched on this a little bit, but I just wanted to kind of emphasize how you've worked at multiple publications, have traveled across the world and won numerous awards. But I wanted to know a little bit more about what you've done that you're most proud of. Always a difficult question, but there are some things that are just quirky and interesting, like, you know, being the only guy to cover a Barack Obama press conference when the Illinois Federation of Teachers endorsed him for U.S. Senate in 2003 before he was elected in 2004, because no other reporter thought the guy with the funny name was going to do it. And it was a busy day. And I had the ability to walk over to the Illinois Federation of Teachers uh, office a few blocks from the Capitol uh, to talk to him. Uh, I asked him if he'd ever used illegal drugs, and he said he used some marijuana in college or, or when he was a disaffected youth in Hawaii. And I said, is that it? And he said, that's enough. Turns out he had already written his book, Dreams from My Father, which somebody alerted me to after I printed a little item about that, saying that he had used cocaine also. <laughs> so I called him back and he called me from the campaign trail and we spent 10 minutes on the phone and he apologized for not telling me the whole story, but he didn't want to step on the story about the endorsement. And you know what? This was after Bill Clinton talked about not inhaling marijuana. And in a Democratic campaign in Illinois, nobody seemed to care. So I wrote the story. It was fair. Nobody seemed to care. You know, um, there's a lot of other stories that I've done that I've found some candidates who were saying things that were not true. There was a candidate for judge that I caught saying things that were not true about an opponent. That candidate lost because of stories that I did. I'm very proud of that. Ultimately, uh, toward the end, you know, I don't, I've never done anything kind of Pulitzer caliber, but my column would sometimes take on talk show hosts in Springfield who were saying outrageous things that I thought either weren't true or weren't fair for the use on the platform they have. When the Illinois Policy Institute, which is a kind of libertarian organization, they claim to be nonpartisan, but they really promote one side much more than the other, much more Republican than almost anything Democratic. And they talk about how terrible Illinois is all the time. When they establish their own news service, and then they purchased the Illinois Radio Network. They offered it these articles about state government and other things to smaller papers all over the state for free. There weren't always both sides in those things. And I would write about that. I just think that, you know, people have differing views. I think legitimate media is the two sides thing we talked about. And I work very hard to occasionally highlight some of the stuff that was being said that could be easily challenged and letting people know the structure of some of these outlets so that they could make better choices on what they read and believe or listen to and believe. I think that's so incredibly important and an amazing way to fight for legitimacy back after so many people have lost trust in journalists. And kind of going back to, you spoke about Obama a little bit already, but I know you also covered his presidential inauguration. And I just kind of wanted to know, I mean, that's one of the many things that you have covered, but what is it like being able to report on such monumental events? Again, it's a privilege to, you know, be able to get the credentials and to be there, you know, covered seven national conventions and you work very hard because you're covering 
your own state's delegation, basically, and there's all these internal battles usually developing there and a morning meeting, and then you have to find time to write stuff. There's, you know, do interviews, get around a bit, and then get to the convention center where it's such a crowded, crazy mess. And, you know, if you're a reporter from a smaller paper, and I often had organizations to work with, like, you know, I covered actually Illinois and Alaska delegations when I was with the Associated Press. So I had to do a story a day on Alaska, plus my two or three a day on what was going on with the Illinois people. You know, but you just to get on the floor to go talk to people, you get, you know, these roving passes and you got to get it back within a half an hour and you're fighting your way through crowds when there's not a pandemic going on, which, you know, luckily wasn't most of my career. It's somewhat overwhelming. It's just very lucky to be able to be a witness and to try to catch the flavor of things. Over time, you get to know who to talk to, who will give you the different perspectives that will help make your story reasonable and accurate. And it's a privilege. I have to say that, you know, you say you enjoyed that I talked about being a little unsure of myself at the beginning. I was horribly unsure of myself at the beginning. I would sweat all day when I went down to the Capitol. In fact, I'd start sweating when I would see the Capitol out of my car window when I was driving down from Bloomington. Even toward the end, going to a convention, going to an inauguration, I always felt there was great challenge here to get it right. My entire career has been spent looking over my shoulder to figure out who I didn't talk to or who other reporters might be talking to right now. I think that kind of lack of total you know, belief that I've got everything I need has served me well, hopefully served the readers well, because I'm always trying to make sure I'm you know, covering all the bases. And at these events, everything's a story, everybody's a story. And so, you know, you have to hone in and be as organized as I could and get stories that made sense was challenging always, but rewarding also. I think that it's very oddly comforting knowing in a sense that it never gets easier in a way, just because I feel like a lot of people seem like they always have it super together. And it's comforting to know that these kind of things can actually make you get it right, at least in journalism. Well, I think your career is something that a lot of people can learn from and a lot of people who are young journalists will aspire to be. So I think it's incredible that you're here and sharing your story with everyone. Ultimately, my final question is, what was the biggest takeaway you got from your time in Illini Media Company? That doing this is a noble thing. It was always the intention to try to let students and the broader community, particularly students when the paper in that day was printed, I think six days a week, tell them what's going on on campus and why and how it affects them. And there was great camaraderie among the people that were doing it because we shared that purpose to find out what's going on and tell it and challenge authority when necessary and just ask the questions. And uh, we were very lucky that we had good writers and great photographers. And it was just fascinating to be part of the conversation of what's going on in a campus community as it became in the community I'm in now. It's kind of an amazing bunch of people. Not everybody stayed in journalism. Many did, but, you know, productive and interesting people. And it's just been a joy. Well, thank you so much for your time. This has all been super inspiring. Thank you so much for doing this. And it's kind of amazing that this is happening. I'm very happy to be recognized even, you know, just for all of it, grinding it out all those years. So 